told you about the new sign-in system we've got here at work. It's called Tanda. Told you about this? Y- yes. And one of the guys, and we've got um, uh, the guys that work for us. We've got uh, the, we're wrong. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> uh, okay. So we've got the, the guys from job support that come and do the work and you know, yeah. very repetitive tasks. And then we love having them here. They're awesome kids. And he comes in and he goes, boss, I've got a problem. <laughs> What's the problem? He goes, I can't this whole, I've set my profile up. He goes, but I can't, I can't clock in uh, to work, but I've got all these girls messaging me. I'm like, oh, you've got Tinder. You downloaded Tinder, mate, not Tinder. He downloaded Tinder and his mum's like, he's like, what are you doing? I'm doing this for long to work. Kicked him out of the house. That's brilliant. Good. good morning, good afternoon, good evening. You're listening to the All Talk Car Podcast, hosted by Peter Otis. Joining me tonight is Ross Galetis, but we've got no Halil Mustafa tonight. What happened to him? Poor Halil thought he could play in an over-35 soccer comp at the age of 40 plus. You should have just said he thought he could play soccer. Well, that too. And um, he's bruised some ribs. So we, we've got, we've got we a fill in. Yeah, we've got a fill in. We've got a fill in. We've got, let's just call him one of Australia's leading car journalists. <laughs> he's only laughing. <laughs> he's only laughing. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was. Trent Nicoly from Car Advice, mate. Welcome. Hello, mate. Thank you. You hey. said leading. I didn't. But oh, mate. Yeah, it's a nice compliment. I'll go with leading as well. He was yeah. winning the race down the street. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> leading. Leading. That's it. Mate, he brought down the press car. I did. And, and High-end stuff. Sideways. How could you get it sideways High in such a stuff. narrow street? Do you guys usually do that bit with press cars? Bit of cement cars? dust, bit of water yeah. on the road. It's easy. And we do have a fair bit down at the Bit of water on the this road. Is our, this is our test. What do they call it? The skid pants. Exactly out the front. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's the overpass, and it's got a digital. That's it. We found the digital speedo, yeah. and it's only maxes at 88. I went the other night. But no, no, it gets to 100. It does. Yeah, 99. Oh, no. <laughs> it gets to 99. That's it. Apparently. Apparently. Well, there you go, mate. Car journalist, mm. you've got to have a love of cars. Yep. You can't just turn up to work and say, I've got to drive this again. When, yeah. when did it all start? I mean, it's... Yeah, it's, that, that's, a, that's a really interesting question. There are some journalists in the sector that don't love cars the way we do. Uh, and I know that might sound silly. Yeah. Um, but there are some that, you know, might have been a finance journalist or a political reporter or something, and they ended up through the newspaper that they worked on working on cars and to be honest I don't really have a lot in common or a lot of interest in those blokes in the industry to be honest because they're not car people and they don't love cars and they just do it as a job but the overwhelming majority of us and the majority of people that work with us at Car Advice Drive they are car enthusiasts we all own cars Justin one of the senior journalists that works with us just today, he brought in this thing that I didn't, you know, I, I consider myself into cars yeah. and I didn't even know this thing existed. It's a Toyota Mark X GRMN. So it's a Gazoo Racing okay. Toyota Mark X. It's wow. a rear wheel drive V6, 3.5 litre V6 with a manual. So it's like an Orion, but a much cooler, faster Orion that's rear wheel drive. He just bought that car. Like now, it's we, a JDM. Yeah, JDM. It's the yeah. only one in Australia that he's aware of. They only built 100 oh, of them. It's about 2000, I think he said 2013. Oh, so it's not like a 70s or no, 60s no, car. No, 2013. And I, and I think he said it's the only one that he's aware of in Australia. There's only 100 of them globally mm. that they built. And I use that as an example that the last thing we need at Car Advice, honestly, is to own new cars because they sit in a garage and they yep. never get driven. So a lot of us have got old cars, but we go and buy cars and we're into cars. You know, for, for me... How it started, I guess, is my father, you know, like, like most of us, uh, my dad was born in Italy, he came to Australia in 1960, he was, you know, like any young kid that came here, you come from a country where you can't afford a car, yeah. you come to a country where people can afford a car, and it's a, you know, thing of freedom, and you can go yeah. and do what you want, you can travel and all those things, and the, his love of cars started from that, 
him and my uncles, his two brothers, they all had various trades. So, you know, they did things like tool making, fitter machinist, electrical, stuff like that. So they all worked on their own cars. And that's kind of where I started. You know, my first car, we took it into my dad's shed, put it on a hoist and did a full service on it before I drove it out of the garage. Before we get to that, did, so was dad passionate about Italian cars? Yeah, largely. Or was, or was the Kingswood no, in the driveway? No, no, no. I mean, my mum used to drop us off to school in an XW GT Falcon. I can't, um, well, that's so Falcon. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So mum was a bit of a lead foot too. And, and you know, mum came from the country. Um, her dad was a farmer. Yeah. And they were into cars as well. But my dad's love of cars was all cars. You know, his first car when he got his license was an MGA convertible. He rebuilt the whole thing. My mum stitched up the interior and stuff and built a new interior for it. But then my dad had all manner of stuff. He had British cars. He had French cars, which he hated, still hates to this day. Um, He's, you know, then he, then his passion has always been. Were they shit back then too? Oh, they were pretty shit. Yeah, they were pretty shit. Um, and, And, you know, his passion, I suppose, was... Italian cars, but even now at the age of 72, my dad can look at some silly little Japanese car from the 70s that mm. I say, how cool is that? And he goes, yeah, I love it. So he, he just loves cars. Yeah. He loves scooters, cars. He wasn't a brand bikes. snob. He no, just no, got into anything, whatever. Yeah, anything. And, and, and the interesting thing with him, which I've taken on board as well, his daily driver, the car that he always drove day to day to work or whatever he did, was always a boring car. You know, it was always a Toyota Rav Four or a. You but, know, his, but his but his weekend. Yeah, he always had garage. Queen he always had interesting yeah. things in the yeah. garage, but his daily driver was always something as new as he could afford mm. um, and reliable. And reliable. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, what what car did you wheel up in tonight? Dad's shit. No, Dad's shit. Oh, the, my first car. Yeah, the first sixty-four EH Holden. Wow. Oh wow! Yeah, and EH? mine. Yeah, and oh, mine. Yeah. At the time that I got it in nineteen ninety. It would have been. It was a thirty-year-old car already, so it was yeah. an old car. Through in the tree. Yeah, mine was a three-speed manual, but mine was quite rare in that it was a Premier, but it was ordered manual. So the Premiers okay. were all automatic standard because they had the bucket so modified from the factory. From the factory, oh, right. see? Yeah. yeah, and I and I thought it was BS when I bought it because the guy told me the story. I thought oh, that sounds a bit. He's just bought the badges. <laughs> sounds a bit dodgy. Dodgy. Oh, no, yeah. Yeah. So I, I got in contact with Holden and did all the research, research. and yeah, it was factory ordered as a manual. Wow. So that was my first car. I had that for probably. Oh, I reckon about five years. I reckon I had that car. Kind Drove it to university. Like navy, was it a, like an army? No, green? mine was white. It should yeah. have been. It should have been a color called Portsea blue, which was actually like more, blue, isn't it? more green yeah. than blue. Yeah, that green. Uh, and it had a white roof, so it was two tone. Yeah, um, and the the premiers had metallic paint, not flat color. So yeah, and leather interior and stuff. But yeah, it had been painted all white. Yeah. So basically, yeah, through through your parents. Like yeah. That, that love, that the oil was running through your mm. blood. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then basically from there, uh, d- did you do an engineering degree? It's usually the trend yeah. is you do something like that. Yeah, or? it's really interesting. I, I said to someone the other day, it's funny when you get older, you sit down and you think about what you would have done at university oh, or TAFE or whatever. We're about that all the time. Right, yeah. Like, I've got mates who are... Usually so, starts with a girl. If I followed that... Yeah, yeah, exactly. I would have been a solicitor, <laughs> not a journalist. No, but, you know, I've got, mate, I've, got, I've got mates who are solicitors. I've got mates who are journalists. I've got mates who are psychologists. And they all, even mates who did engineering, and they all say what I'm into now I wasn't into then. I, I did a journalism degree. That's what I actually okay. did. So for me, it would have, you know, ideally at 18 starting university, I would have said to you, it would have been sport or cars, yeah. obviously. But to get a job in motoring journalism in Australia is ridiculously difficult. So 
I didn't just assume that was going to happen. It's more likely you get a job in sports journalism in Australia. Yeah. So what, de- what decade were you uni? I started uni in 1994. 94. Yeah. Okay. So, so back then, the 90s, you still had predominantly the car magazines. Yep. You had your motors and your yep. wheels. And then yep. you've got your... your cla- drive, was Drive Around? Drivers around, drive, 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 around. Yeah, Drivers Around as a segment in the newspaper. Yeah, but there was a big... Because they had the classifieds well, I, too. I worked on... Drive, so I was... Magazine, yeah, magazine and newspaper background, yeah. but from, I tried to go into the journalism side, yeah. couldn't do it. Right, so I ended up in the sales. Yeah, because you try the sales. I'm like, oh, I'm good at sales, yeah. and like, I'm actually pretty good at it. <laughs> um, so I ended up on, you know, I remember, you know, drive. Mm-hmm. You know, you had your Rick D'Amelian double yeah. page spread of the That's inside right. front, yeah. and then you just had that that that, that monster of a yeah, um, the Saturdays. page, and then the, the classifieds through the back, you know, number plates mm. and all the sort of quirky stuff. Um, but the articles, you know, you, you would, I remember, the articles were, um, you, you, would, you, you would struggle to get someone that actually talked about loving cars and mm. writing about them, or yeah. just writing or about writing them because the guy came off the... Or copying a yeah. press because, kit. I'm sure they give because, you press yeah, yeah, today. Because yeah. the bulletin's not publishing this week, can you, can you write an article mm. on the car or do mm. a special report? Yeah. Mm. And you can tell the difference between, you can see it when they would write that, but, and moving to Motor and Wheels when I worked on those, same thing. You had some yeah. editors that were like super passionate, and then some were like... Yeah, just get the job done. Yeah. I, I have, I have a personal opinion that you will be more passionate about cars if you understand them. Yep. In the way that, you know, I'll say to other journalists from competitive outlets, I'll say to them, you know, they'll ask me my opinion on something if I see them at an event, and I'll say, well, I, you know, I read that you criticised the suspension mm. of a particular car, and I'll say to them, I'm almost positive that you don't even understand what it is that you're criticising, unless you've stood under a car under a hoist and pull suspension apart, you can't look at a diagram and criticise something that specific mm. without truly understanding what it is. It, it's like walking into a workshop and watching a mechanic rebuild the top end of a motor and go, mate, you're doing that wrong. Yeah. If, if you don't know what you're doing and you haven't done it, you can't really criticise it. So I think that plays into that. I, I'll, always, um, I'll always be grateful that I started you know, working on restoring, maintaining cars with my dad before I ever got the job that I got, because that came much later. I'm grateful that I started where I did, because I, I think it gives you a better understanding. So would they put you in as a cadet fashion? <laughs> yeah. 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 No, he was on Cleo and Cosmo. What was it? D-Dolly. He was on D-Dolly. D-Dolly. No, look. I've got a friend of mine. Yeah, I've got a mate. To be honest, I'd almost given up on finding a job. So I think when I first started in journalism, I'm 45 now. It was 20 years ago when I started my first job in motoring at 25. And where was that? That was at Auto Salon magazine. Oh. So there was Auto Salon, there was Hot That's true, it's true to my heart. I love it was all that stuff. Yeah, Silverwater. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We, yeah. And, and Express Publications was at Silverwater. They did Hot Fours and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, some guys that had worked at Hot Fours had broken away and started up Auto Salon with a yeah. group of Indonesian guys who had a car club. The Cabin Boys. Cabin Boys, right? And Still see a few of them. Yeah, see them yeah. hanging around. Yeah. And, and they... But they're all watch collectors and uh, yeah, they've driving Lambos. They've and moved on a bit. And yeah. a few, yeah. 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 They've got deep pockets. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and they, they needed a, a journalist, basically, on the magazine because they'd only started. I think I, the first story I wrote for them was issue five of the magazine. Okay. So it was pretty new. And they went on to take on Hot Fours. But... That came much later, and, and I had almost given up on getting a job because really now, I mean, if you if you stop now, and it's probably there might be twenty or thirty percent less jobs now, I guess, because things have contracted a bit. But there's probably 
30 jobs in Australia in motoring journalism, mm. I guess. If, if there if, are. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. So you've, you've got to be lucky. The time's got to be right. Because I didn't know anyone in that industry. You know, my parents were blue-collar people. Yeah. They, they didn't have contacts in that industry. I didn't know anyone that worked in that yeah. industry. Had no idea. Yeah. So when I finished uni, I did a whole bunch of stuff while I was working in coffee shops. I did work at Channel 10 in the newsroom there for basically next to nothing. Did freelance Was that from door knocking? Just... Yeah, just send my resume. Yeah, yeah just, absolutely. Do you yeah, know? Yeah. yeah, absolutely. You know, it, it's funny now, I, just as one example, I do a segment on a Monday on 2GB with Deborah Knight, who hosts the show. When I was working at Channel 10, 25 years ago, or whatever it was, Deb was the reporter in Los Angeles. She oh, was their US, US correspondent. So when I used to do, um, I worked in the chief of staff's desk, which is basically like where they organize the rundown for what's going to be on the news. So if I was doing the late news, I would ring Deb in LA and line her up, get her ready, make sure the camera was ready and all that stuff. And, you know, here you are 20 years later on her radio show. And um, she didn't remember you. No idea. No, yeah. absolutely not. Did had no clue who I was. Well, that was you. Yeah, she had no clue who I was. Yeah. <laughs> what a, you what idiot. A, yeah. She remembered you after the phone. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Took, can, can we just go back? Because they're, they're fond memories for me. Those auto salon days. Mm. That was a serious... I mean, that's. I got into cars. I always loved cars from a, a sort of... A, I wasn't always in love with cars. But mm. kind of, sort of halfway through school, everyone started to, you know, at the age of 14, 15, oh, I've got this car. We're mm. doing it up. We're doing whatever. But the Suzuki yeah. Swift. Yeah, yeah. Old yeah. era. Yeah. And I, it, it was just for me, it was so, uh, I, I suppose it was um, a big part of my life because it was, you know, at uni, it was all about mm. modifying. I think that's probably why I'm still, you know, at modifying 44, cars. still going. Still yeah. But it was just, so, I remember just going, I remember going to the first auto salon because mm. I knew the boy, the cabin boy, they're helping them do yeah. I've probably met you a hundred times. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Um, just, it was so, for me, it was so... Um, it was an eye-opener. It was an eye-opener because there were things that people were doing that they weren't, you know, yeah. now everything's available, everything's on the internet. Someone does something, 20 minutes later, it's on TikTok. Well, just one perfect example of that. There was a guy called uh, Jerry Wang, I think his name was, and he had a panel business in Canberra. And there was a bunch of them that were doing real high-end Japanese stuff, S15s, Skylines, yep. that sort of stuff. It, from memory, a young guy turned up at one of the auto salons in Sydney with, it, with an amazing S15 that wasn't overly modified. And when he went to get out of it, because we directed him into his parking spot, he went to get out of it and he lifted up scissor doors, like Lambo doors. <laughs> oh. And we all stood there and we'd never seen it. We'd seen pictures of him from Japan and stuff. And later on, when we spoke to Jay Racing, it was Jerry's business. When we, we saw the Jay Racing sticker, so we found Jerry later on that night. It's, you know, 11 o'clock on the Friday night we're setting up. We said to Jerry, what the hell's the go with these scissor doors? And he had spent months building this system. It. Yeah, mm. because you couldn't buy it, right? Yes. But that's what so I loved about that, it. That was a, yeah, that was just one example that just or, popped into my who, head then. Or the guy, the guy, what was his name? The guy that had this Mr. CRX in yeah, his whole Brian, crew. They were building... Brian Elvis. And then, Sartre, yeah, yeah, and then Osmond Brothers were building yeah. body kits. Like, yeah. there's nothing out there. We're going to build them. The colours too. And just yeah. colours. Yeah. Yeah, and I think, you know, fish tanks in the boot mm. and all that kind of stuff. And you, you know, you just mm. don't... I don't know, all you used to spend... I mean, I used to spend all Saturday down at... Hanging out with yeah. Joe and all the guys, yeah. just in helping him install yeah. stereo. It, it was a different time. I don't, and yeah. this is all pre-internet stuff. You had to know someone. That you wanted someone to get something, yeah. and it wasn't cheap. No, it wasn't cheap. These, wasn't cheap. These guys were spending a lot of money, and I think what the difference with Auto Salon was, and one of the things we always tried to do, 
was we actually, and you'd probably remember this if you went to any of the events, but we made the owners of the cars the star of the show. I went to all of them. Right? Yeah, 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 as opposed yeah, to the yeah. cars just being yeah, the star. It was the owners as well and sort of promoting them for the effort they were putting in. And one of the things we did, it's funny, it just came about by accident, but about three or four weeks ago I was on a podcast with a guy called Owen Webb, who uh, I believe Owen now works for House of Colour specifically. Um, as an ambassador for them, the, the paint company. Mm. But Owen had a car that had won a bunch of awards at Summer Nats and in Street Machine Magazine, an XY Falcon or an XW, can't remember. But we got in touch with Owen. He was a judge at Summer Nats. We got in touch with Owen and we said, we want to put you on the auto salon judging team mm. because what we want to do is we want to help these guys lift the level of the way they were building cars. And at that time, and, and it's still happening now in certain areas of the aftermarket in Australia, but at that time, the cars that were being built in Australia were as good as anywhere in the world. And, you know, because, and I would go to shows overseas. I would go to Tokyo Auto Salon. I would go to SEMA in the United States. And our cars were as good as any of the best cars built around the world because what these guys were doing, and they probably didn't even realise they were doing it, but they were each pushing the other, each other they to build better and better yeah, cars. Where well, you said you awarded the owner of the car, it's, it's almost like a piece of art. That's what it is. The colours, is, the, yeah, the is. paintwork on these things, the interior, the white leather. I remember mm. seeing WRXs with that white. I just puffy remember, leather yeah, seats. But and, you just, you know, and I remember. I think it was, you know, let's say it was a two or three day event. You would, you would get there in the morning. Yep. You would leave at night. Yeah. Then you would get there again the next morning. And I remember my mates going. Didn't you go there yesterday? You just you there was always soak, something to see. Yeah, you would just soak it all in, and yeah. I don't know. There was just and there but was the, everything. Right? But the nineties was that that again pre-internet. The 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 media, the magazines, they were all out. But you I, had a niche for a niche. I remember, they were, and they were popular magazines. I had, when I had my Beetle, I was uh, I think the first auto salon was it ninety six. That's about right. Ninety six, yeah. I think it was a Horton. Yeah. Horton That's about right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And a friend of mine from Indonesia, he was, he was friends with all the cabin boys. He goes. He goes, I've got you some wheels coming for your Beetle. Okay, cool. <laughs> and they were 16 inch. We couldn't get tyres for yeah, them. Yeah, you wouldn't have been open. And so. people, we got tyres for them. And we drove this thing in and we'd slam, Vita Village had slammed this mm. black Beetle for us. And it looked hot, right? On these modern Sparco 16 inch mm. wheels. I don't know if you remember the car. And, and everyone was freaking out, going, mate, they are massive. We, I can't believe you've got One 16 inch. One inch bigger than stock. Yeah. yeah. Oh, the 13 inch yeah. stocks are doing yeah. This is insane. Like, you're crazy. And then, this guy rolls up in a Lancer and he had 17-inch oh, wheels in his... And just, I was like, fuck you. Fucking just drop yeah, 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 yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, I'm out. Like, you know, I had wheels. <laughs> just gone. I'm done. Well, I'm we out. remember with the first time we saw a car turn up with 20s. Who was it. the guy with the... Sorry to interrupt. Who was the guy from New Zealand that had the um, the Lexus Coupes and he put 20... Oh, yeah. He put 20, oh, he was yeah. Wasn't that him? I can't remember his name, but I do know... Yeah, I do And he recall. had these 20-inch wheels and there was like... This whole VHS video of him installing the wheels. Yeah, I can't remember his name, but oh, I did. What was his name? I do. Video. Yeah, it was a video. Yeah. VHS. Right? VHS. Yeah, because we because anyway. we we stuck, we moved. Well, the guys moved Auto Salon. There was a New Zealand show series. There was an Indonesian show series. So it was all three countries. Yeah. And and one of the like the guys from Queen Street Smash Repairs. The year that they won the whole thing overall with that crazy BMW drag car they built. The pink one? Yeah, it was cool, called right? Rota, yeah. Auto Salon shipped that car to New Zealand and shipped it to Indonesia, I believe, to, to take on. To go on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was called Barbie, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, it, look, it was, a, it was a massive deal. And, and I remember for me, as, you know, at 25 turning 26, having almost given up on getting a job, to, to get that job. Oh, that rock star job. Working with those guys. Oh. Yeah, it was amazing. Did it feel like... 
not that you made it. I mean, you're still young and, and energetic, but did it feel like going to work? Yeah, it didn't. No, it didn't feel like a job at all. I, you know, we were... Because because we were operating on the smell of an oily rag in terms of budgetary okay. ways yeah, compared yeah. to the competition, you know, we'd be in there for... we'd On deadline months at the end of the... Deadline nights at the end of the month, we'd do 24 hours straight. Just to get it really You know, yeah, we, I'd leave the office at 7 in the morning and go to the printer with the CD and say, here's the yeah, magazine, and then finish. have to come back an hour later to check the proofs and stuff yeah. like that. You know, we... Yeah, we, we worked our backsides off as a small team, but it didn't feel like work. No. And in hindsight, looking back at it now, it didn't feel like work. No, mm. absolutely not. Yeah. And then the, 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 you know, the competitors being hot fours. Yeah. Was it hot fours? And hot fast fours. Fast fours, fours and rotaries, yeah. And, you know, the... Um, then you had the Commodore, man. Then, I mean, Street Machine was like the king. Well, it's, it's funny, because when I worked on uh, Motor and Wheels, Street Machine was part of it. Um, but they were very... I don't know if you know any of the guys. Yeah, no, most people. of them, yeah. Like, the, they were just... I can't remember the editor's name. I have a beard. And it's Jeff Seddon. Jeff Seddon. Yeah. So passionate. And you just looked at him every day and went, he's not working. Said I live but the But you could see it in what they were producing. You could see the love in the, in the magazine, you know. Yeah. Um, you said about going to shows. Did you go to Japan? Have you been to Japan yeah, under yeah, that? That's, yeah, that midnight that's the ultimate for me. Drift club mm-hmm. under the... Seen a whole bunch of the workshops and... Yeah. You know, it's, is that a spin out? Are they like yeah, just another it's, it's, level? it's crazy. I, I said to someone the other day, if there are only two car shows in the world that I could go to, again, SEMA would be one of them yeah. in Las Vegas. And to try to choose between Goodwood in the UK, obviously, or the Yokohama, the Moon Eyes show that's in Yokohama in yeah. Japan, it'd be very hard to choose between those two. Uh, there, there's a level of craftsmanship that the Japanese builders have and attention to detail that is very, very hard to replicate elsewhere in the world. I think that, you know, America and Europe can restore a car in amazing detail uh, and do as good a job as anyone, but the Japanese have a way of customising things that... and, And seeing that, it still blows me away now when you see it, but seeing that in the 90s, going to workshops like Top Secret and HKS. And really? Yeah, yeah, all those. Oh, to see what yeah. they were doing and how they were doing it, it is mind-boggling. But just to segue from that, you're saying that the Japanese, that the craftsmanship and the passion, how have the big factories like Toyota and yep. Nissan and Honda, how have they lost the plot? How come they're not making those cars? Well, those canvases. Yeah, yeah. No, the, they're still... Their attention well, Honda, to... De- well, Honda's the best example. Yeah, Honda's the best example of it. They suffered really badly after the GFC. And, yeah. and what we're seeing now from them is the result of the fact that they couldn't put money into R&D in 2008 and nine. They still... All the Japanese manufacturers, to be honest with you, still build an incredibly durable and high-quality product. You know, if I could only buy one car to last me the rest of my life, it would be a Toyota. Yeah. 100%. Uh, because it's just built like it's carved out of stone. It might not be better than other cars in certain ways, but it's just durable and reliable. Yeah. I think what that this question leads to is where we're headed in a motoring sense. And I think that the reason they're not building those inspiring cars that we remember is because the environment is not there for them to do it. I really don't think it is. I think while you've got governments chasing emissions regulations and chasing tailpipe emissions and a number and a CO2 number and all of that stuff, it just doesn't lend itself to to interesting performance cars. It just doesn't. And and Toyota veered away from that, if you use them as an example, for a long time. And then we saw the Supra come and GR Yaris and all that stuff. Mm. But 
The other thing as well is that they were still building these cars to a degree. We just weren't getting them in Australia. If you use Justin's Mark X that I told you about, that's a 2013 car. We just never got it in Australia. So while we're getting bloody front-wheel drive Orions, in Japan they're getting rear-wheel drive manual performance cars. They're getting rear-wheel drive drift machines. Yeah, exactly. Are we the arse end of the world or are we... Going to, are we becoming the arse end of the world when it comes to... Look, I'd say, I'd say to a degree, I think we already were the arse end of the world in that sense. This will offend anyone listening who loves Australian cars, right? But we had this conversation in the office today, funnily enough. If you really weigh Australian cars up against cars from around the world, our cars were shit and have been shit for a very long time. Put, put, a, not wrong. put not a VP wrong. Commodore next to any other car that's built in 1988, and the Commodore's held together with bloody tech screws. It's rubbish. It's awful. It, it's not up to standard at all. The last products that we built, so, you know, the VF2 Commodore and yeah. stuff was a great car. Last Falcons were pretty good cars. The Toyota Camry and Orion that we were building here were pretty good cars. The dinosaurs. Yeah, but they were, they were not high-quality cars to begin with, and... People bitch and moan a lot about the fact we don't build cars anymore. The simple reality is Australians weren't buying them. So there's, yeah, no, there's, we, weren't. we weren't buying them. We just weren't buying the them. The government was buying most the, of them. The Commodore, yeah, the Commodore was up there at the end, but only, I think, 25 or 30% were V8. The and rest were the all fleet. Yeah. Right, so, so that is a reality, regardless of whether the government pumps more money in or mm. they don't. But I think we are the arse end of the world. We, we get very poor fuel quality. Um, I think we're 88 or 89th in terms of fuel quality globally. Wow. So you get rubbish yeah, fuel, get really fuel. bad fuel. And that's then all your Audis and VWs are detuned. Detuned, that's right. And then you get Volkswagen saying, you get Volkswagen saying, well, we can't bring that car here or that one's got a petrol well, they've got particular warranty filter, all that stuff, right? So where we're going to have a problem, I think, is... As all the manufacturers around the world start to move to hybrid and then electric, full electric, we may end up getting all of the last generations of diesels and petrol cars and stuff like that because you won't be able to sell them in other markets around the world. So if the United Kingdom, for example, says by 2030 you cannot sell a new internal combustion car in the United Kingdom, if there's, yeah, an, what do we do if there's an English manufacturer that's got 30,000 still half-built right-hand drive cars, oh, they me. might ship them I was gonna, I'm going to get to that. Or yeah. South Africa. But the other thing I was going to say, <laughs> do you reckon us being right-hand drive is also a problem? If we were left-hand drive, no. if crystal balls start off, no, I, no, I think would, would America dump their shit on us if we were left-hand yeah, drive? Yeah, well, American cars are pretty average. I mean, I love American cars, mm. but they're pretty average in a global sense. So, yeah, we might get you know half-baked US tr- trucks and cars. Um, I, it's interesting. I think with the right-hand drive, our saving grace is Japan, yep. right-hand drive, India, Thailand. right-hand drive, Thailand, where they build a lot of the, the dual cabs, um, you know, South Africa and the United Kingdom to a lesser extent. But while ever India and Japan, you know, India is an enormous population, obviously. Japan's, mm-hmm. what, 160 million people or whatever. So while ever their right-hand drive, I don't think we're suffering dramatically. What being left-hand drive would do, though, is open the gamut to so much more product. Mm. Whether we get good or bad product is hard to work yeah. out, but it would mean we could choose from more product. Yeah. But there's so much, sorry, there's so much right-hand drive stuff like in Japan. There is, yes. that we don't get. Yeah, we don't and, and that's the thing. I was talking to one of the boys at work today about Justin's Mark X, and apparently Toyota did put a business case together about whether they would go with that car or whether they would keep building Orion in Australia 
They kept building Orient yeah. in Australia. So we ended up to take the set, money. V6 front wheel drive, no performance variant really compared to that car. Talking about fu- the future of cars, I, I tend to always look back, and you're 20 years in the game, I always look back 20 years ago because we I can remember what we were driving mm. in, in the early 90s yeah. and look where we are today. Suzuki Swifts and in Suzuki Vitaras. In order to get an idea of where we're going to be in 20 years' time because it's all incremental changes. Like 0 to 100, mm. if, you, if you look at... The, the usual barometers, they're all getting quicker and quicker. A Ferrari 20 years ago did six, seven seconds to 100. Yeah. You can jump into a Camry Highway. I told you we did that with the kids. We went from my first car and we did the zero to yeah. 100 of all the first cars to the car we've got yeah. now. So in 20 years' time, each car's going to get to 100 in two and a half, three seconds. Yeah. I don't think. Because they're electric, easy. And then after that, because they've got traction issues, you'll yeah. never get any faster. Yeah. However, they're going to be electric. I was going to go on that point. Do you think electric cars are coming? We don't have the infrastructure. No, they're coming. They are coming? 100%. In 20 years... So if I want to to Melbourne, what would it do? Stop and charge. Well, yeah, yeah basically. Like, well, do we'll we set up like dodging cars? Power we'll generator. Have the big antenna on the well, roof. There's a couple of things. Let me try and break it down. And it's funny because on the radio show we do, and I'm, I'm going to do radio tonight, and because it's at night, you get a few more vocal people calling up. You get some bloke, had a few yeah, you get some bloke, yeah, oh, you got Nikolic on there again, yabbering on about electric cars. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to call him Yeah, you're in, yeah. <laughs> that voice sounds familiar. <laughs> Sorry about to interrupt, because every article's about a yeah. electric car, now, they I'll only tell sell you, 2% I'll, of them I'll tell now. you why. They only sell 2% of them here because they're too expensive and manufacturers aren't offering them. That's okay. the first thing. The second thing is, we don't build cars here anymore, so yeah. we will get what we're given. Now, if Japan says to Toyota, by 2030, you cannot sell internal combustion cars... Where are we getting a petrol Toyota from? Where are we getting a diesel Toyota from? We will get electric Toyotas. Full stop. Okay. And this is what I say to people on the radio. Not my opinion. So it's supply, not demand. Yeah, it's, it's not demand. It's, no, it's, uh, there's, no, uh, there's no large, overwhelming tidal wave of people saying we want electric cars. Mm. It's governments mandating it for emissions and telling the manufacturers what to do. You don't think that... Stop and think over the last 30 years, how much money any manufacturer, let's pick Audi for example, how much money have they spent developing petrol engines? They're not just going to overnight turn Here's it off. Here's my 20-year example. If you look at fuel economy 20 years ago to today, yeah. wouldn't that incremental Oh, it would. It would keep going down. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. They're vastly better than they are. I mean, yeah. you know, you, they used to be. You can drive around in a, a V12 Aventador that uses one third the amount of petrol that a Diablo used or a Quintage yeah. used. Okay. So yeah, for sure. But but that's not the point. Um, you know, we had a story on our site today about we interviewed Stefan Winkleman at, at Lambo, and he has effectively said the next Aventador will be a V12 hybrid, and they will be electric by 2025. Mm. They will be because they have to be because the government in Italy is saying you have to build these cars. So we so have to build those. And they can give me one with a combustion engine? No, because they'll stop developing it. Because there'll be no point spending money on a, on a tiny market like Australia. Now, I, this is the example I use to everybody to try to illustrate how insignificant we are in Australia, right? We sell around about a million new cars a year, yep. give or take, a bit yep. over. In a good year in the United States, they'll sell one million F-trucks alone. Yeah. Every 38 seconds was a One million F-trucks. Yeah. That is That's one nice truck from one manufacturer only now out of a total of 13 million sales. we're nothing right we're nothing in the overall scheme of things so you know you're not going to get it could be forget high-end supercars you're not going to get mercedes-benz saying 
you know, there's 600 people in Australia that want to buy a C63 that makes a shitload of noise. Let's spend millions developing that car for yeah, them. Won't happen. Next one's won't happen. Two liter. Right. So yeah, the next one's. So when two. when we say is electric coming, yeah, hundred percent, we will have no say in it. And and I'm what I'm saying to you is, and to anyone listening, it's not my opinion. That is, it's, it's happening. That is the yeah. Well, I'm where am I going to charge it? So you're going to charge it at <laughs> you're going to charge it at home. Yeah. Right. So so in a unit. Yeah, I know, but they'll fit the infrastructure. And the kids will unplug it. I yeah, can see well, you can't once you're locked. Because if I was a kid, I would do the same. You would do the same. Yeah. But the thing is, I keep getting told that that example is like telling someone 20 years ago that when your mobile phone was about to go flat, you'd run into a PowerPoint at an airport and charge it before you got on a plane. Everybody does that now. Yeah, okay. Um, it, we will have to change our behaviour... Yeah, I mean, look, yeah. you, you can still buy second-hand cars. This is what I keep telling people. No one's putting a gun to your head and saying you've got to buy an electric car. They're just saying the new car on the market will be electric. You, can choose, you yeah. can choose to buy a 5, 10, 20-year-old yeah, car, right? And but surveys aren't going to dis- no, disappear. No. I mean, the example that I use a lot is the horse. We used to ride horses to get from A to B. Mm. We moved to motor cars. There are still horses. You mm. can still ride them. So we're going to go to electric, but there will still be cars. And and still be so we're going to have cars. <laughs> I don't doing, gamble on horses. So Melbourne Cup will be cars, old cars, old cars, because the horses are gone. Chucking out smoke. Had <laughs> <laughs> to replace the horses. Replace it. Took out the combustion yeah, yeah, engine. Yeah, There's a whole so like, a C63s around yeah, there. Yeah. It is happening, whether we like it or not. But yes. the noise, then the you know a, a C63 ripped past me this morning. I had my car. I dropped down the gears. It's like we've driven a few electric cars the last couple of months. That noise in the i8. Didn't you like it? The i8. Did you you like the i8? You Fake cannot noise. mock the i8. We took I the Taycan. I love the i8. Some the, of them, the i8 was my favourite at all. Some of them sound like a tram. Didn't you feel like you're in Melbourne that was on a funny, tram? Yeah. Ding 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 ding. ding, ding, ding. <laughs> so funny, I don't mind them. I just think they're very. Um, they're just a bit boring. But they're what I think we all need to remember is realistically, we are dinosaurs. Yeah. Like ask it. Ask an eight-year-old kid what a CD is. Ask an eight-year-old oh, yeah. kid what a magazine is. The, these, ki- these kids we, are growing up that, in a... They're only going to know the electric we, car, right? We had a podcast with kids on it. Yeah, yeah. And we yeah, told we them about how we... I, I just, what was it, the cassette? The, 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 no, no, the video. Yeah, we yeah. had to wait and pick seven videos. Yeah. We only know how to take two. That's and right. then so the, like they used to charge us 50 cents yeah. for not rewinding it. Yeah. And the kids just looked at us and went, what? Yeah. No idea. <laughs> we're trying to explain the cassette in the car. Yeah, yeah. And then you, no and which you record it off the radio yeah, station. Yeah. And then, DJ oh, would oh, you, keep, you, know, you, have to, you have to hold the button down to go to the next bit to get to the next song. And I think that is the point. All that stuff that we, you know... Think of this, someone said, a tech journo said this to me the other day. Kids don't even understand what a button on a phone looks like because no, it's no. all touchscreen. Yeah, that's true. Right? So they don't understand a keypad, let alone this other mm. technology mm. that with this old antiquated stuff, you know. And really, when you stop and think about it, what electric vehicles do for the person who doesn't care about how they get from A to B is it removes yeah, all of the trepidation that is you have with a car. Yeah. Will it start? What if it what if it doesn't like heat? What if it doesn't mm. like cold? Is the engine reliable? The gearbox, all those moving parts are gone. It's gone. And you just drive off and go. Yeah. So I think for the average person it removes a lot of that. You asked about where you're gonna charge it. Yeah, it's everywhere. We we have got to work out what the hell we're doing in this country with charging electric vehicles because the system at the moment is rubbish. If if we actually had ten percent of new car sales were electric next year, we'd be stuffed. Because we don't have the public charging well, we infrastructure. Sort of, you, go to, you go to Broadway and there's 15 Teslas waiting to get charged. Yeah, well, that's the thing. So yeah. 
No, they've got to sort that out. So basically, if you're a, if you own a service station, I mean, there's a lot of wasted space. At Would you set up five charges? Absolutely. I, I, I said, can you charge for the charging? You get a kickback. You can absolutely. Sure. And they're going to go while they're there for thirty minutes. They're going to buy food, coffee. Yeah. You know, I, I said to someone the other day, I've driven electric cars now in Spain, Italy, America, and Germany, and in all of those countries, all of them. And, and it's, it just staggers me that we're so stupid and backward here, we haven't worked it out. There are charges in service stations. Mm. So you drive out of Madrid on a road and you see a Repsol sign, because there's a petrol station, and you, your brain goes, that's where I go for petrol. You pull in and there's a bank of electric charges. And the same in Germany. There's a Hungry Jack's in there, there's a chicken shop, whatever it might be. You go and get a coffee, have something to eat, charge your car, go. Or well, what's we, something on your Tesla I don't screen? know why we haven't done it. And we're going to have to... We're going to have to look at the way we do it. For example, the charges, there's, I think they're charge fox in Golden um, that we've used before when we've been driving around testing. They're in that dodgy service station on the outskirts of Golden when you come in from the Sydney side. Yeah. And the only thing there is the servo on a McDonald's. And the Maccas, yeah. We're going to need to put them in town so that then you can go to the bakery or you can yeah, go and, yeah. you know, go into Coles or do whatever you might do. Really need to do. Not have it 10Ks out of town or 5Ks out of town down the road. But where... No one can answer the question on that is who pays for the infrastructure, yes, who builds it. Well, it's very, I was chatting with a builder who had to put in two Tesla charging yeah, stations yeah. for someone at a, super, at a shopping centre in Queensland. And he said it was hideously expensive. It is. It yeah. was so expensive because they had to upgrade the substation. Yeah, and, that's just, a and to your point with the apartments, that's the other problem. Apartment buildings, if everyone in your apartment building got an electric vehicle tomorrow, the, the, the feed into the building could cope it? with it. You'd have to rebuild everything. That's if it's still standing, but that's Sydney's problem. <laughs> <laughs> Moving away, is there any shit cars out there? Have you oh, driven one? You can't ask him that. Yeah, come here. Why not? This is all talk. We talk. Okay, we do. We're pretty honest. Um, is there any, like, what's the shittiest car you've ever driven? Yeah, because the, the Chinese cars have come a long way. They're, they're getting way. better. Yeah, come a long way. Look, Ch- there, what Chinese cars are there? are MG. MGs in oh, yeah. China. Uh, LDV in oh, yeah. China. Great Wall. Havel. There's big utes. It's in the GWM. GWM is the old great wall. Yeah, they're built in China. Um, All the Tesla Model 3s we get in Australia now are built in China. Yep. um, Which upsets a lot of Tesla fans. So all the doors are the same colour now. Yeah, the doors are the same. So actually the quality's a bit better than America. Yeah, that's true. I can't wait to meet a Tesla 3. Look, there aren't what I would call shit cars, but there are cars... Now what I think has happened is the level of where an average car is has gone up a long way and then there's cars beyond that. You know, there are cars that probably don't have enough safety gear in them. You know, it's unacceptable mm-hmm. to me that things like the Suzuki Jimny and the Jeep Wrangler aren't five-star safety cars. They're, they, yeah, they shouldn't, they, they, there's no excuse for that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and in a way, Ford Australia knew that was going to happen, but what can you do? It's the car you're being supplied from head office. So there are no, you know, I don't get in a car and just think this car is completely shit, mm-hmm. um, ever, really. But there are cars that you look at and think, well, how did they forget that? Why isn't that in there? The engine doesn't make enough power. You know, it should have these features. The safety rating should be but better. Car, cars have really come a long way because you, if you look at... That's trains. Trains. Cars. But if cars have really come a long way... That's another Thank train. you. Cars have come a long way because if you look at when I was on, you know, 15 years ago when I was getting pressed cars mm. and I was, you know, I was given a Hyundai XL or whatever, that coupe. Oh, they were awful. Oh, oh shit. Awful and you cars. just, you wouldn't even... And, you know, now if you got it, I got into an i. So what's that i20 and I was like well, you've got to check out this car it's I-20. an i20 some end thing oh, oh the i30 30 N, yeah. yeah was it whatever and it wasn't actually a 
bad car. Really and you can't like, this reminded me of what Volkswagen Golfs were, you know, 15 years ago. I think, but I think everybody has well, really... I said to someone the other day, if you, they were criticizing Chinese built cars. And I said to them, if you think the Chinese manufacturers aren't deadly serious about succeeding, you don't know what you're talking about. Like the, China does not go into anything without the intention to win. And I reckon they'll get to where the South Korean manufacturers got to in about half the time yeah. because of the development of money. But they were smart. They, they went into partnerships. Very smart. They were, they and, were... and if you look at where Hyundai and Kia have come, go back to the late 80s, you, your father would have kicked you in the head if you came home with a new Hyundai. Now our fathers are driving them because they're it's, good cars. Yeah. Five-year warranty, yeah. seven-year with a Kia. They're a good car. I, so, I could never understand when people used to say to me, I've just bought, I bought a, a Mark IV Golf GDI, and I remember my godfather said to me, was, you know, guys, why did you buy a Volkswagen? Mm. They're shit. Mm. They're crap. And, I, and I, I could never understand up until a couple of weeks ago the perception that he has from Europe of that car, yeah. of, of the Golf that I was buying. I, if I, in 10 pay. years' time, if someone turned, or now, if I bought a Hyundai, I'd be like, yeah, they're shit, but they're not. No, they're not. They actually really are they're absolutely great cars. not. Yeah, that's that's exactly right. The the brands now have all stepped their game up like that. The quality of the you know the inclusions, the standard features, all that stuff is very good. Back back to the electric stuff. I'm doing a test drive, which we're going to do. You don't know about this yet. I'm going to do it no. on instead of. Um, You're not invited. Oh, yeah. No, he's in. I don't know if you give me the boat, but anyway, on my tender, we're doing um, electric the electric boat. They've given me electric outboards mm. to, to to try. Um, against the, the AML, them, and they're going to give me a couple of electric and the power electric talk, boat in a water. In electric, a, yeah, it sounds like a good idea. No, 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 it's they're, and they're amazing, right? Mm. I was thinking, I was chatting with this guy, and he, and he says to me, I "Remember, you were a kid, and you know, you had the electric. You you had the Tamiya Frog, mm. which was electric, mm. and then everyone was cruising around, and then the guy pulls up with the petrol, <laughs> the petrol remote control car. You know, you were the loser with the electric, but now it's things have changed. Yeah. You're not the loser anymore with That's the electric true. car." It's very true. Yeah. Do your neighbours think you're a drug dealer? Yes. <laughs> yes. Is it yes. because of the cars or? The cars, the bikes, <laughs> just the general appearance that I have. Yeah, yeah. No, they do. Yeah. I, I've had, yeah, it's, that's, yeah. We, we, when I, well, I had the same thing. I used, we used to take press cars. Yeah. You didn't have a car. You didn't have yeah. a car. For two or three years, yeah. I would take, you were driving whatever. You were driving a, a stripped out race car mm. or, or a Holden Monaro. Mm. You would, yeah. Whatever. I'd actually prefer. I prefer that people have got no idea what I do. Like the last thing, I, I, <laughs> you I, don't talk to you. Exactly. I try not to talk to people about it. I joke with people that I talk about. I do what Tony Soprano used to do, which is when they say, "What do you do for work?" <laughs> so I'm in waste management. Yeah, because otherwise I get stuck all night somewhere talking about work because yeah. that's what people want to talk about. But oh, I'm thinking about buying. Yeah, yeah exactly all that. But my neighbours, I've kind of had to tell them what I do. I guess because you know, because the cops so are always around, <laughs> flashing lights out the front. Just so many. Different cars, yeah, yeah absolutely. That's great. One, well, yeah, we were talking about, we were touching on what you can what, what do you currently drive? Oh, a daily driver. Well, I've yeah, just like I, your own car. Yeah, what so I've just got, the only new car I've got. I just bought a two hundred series Land Cruiser, and the reason I did that is because it's the, the end of an era. V eight, end of an era. V eight diesel. They you're really towing in that. You know I, I tow a lot. Yeah, I tow a lot. I tow old cars a lot, race cars a lot. You know, motorbikes, parts, all that stuff. Um, so I'll use it for that. But I've got a bunch of old cars, but I, I, as I said to you before, that the concept of me owning a new car is kind of pointless. Like I know this Land Cruiser is going to is sit around. Is it because of the job? Is it because of the cars you drive? Because you always have them. There's always a set of keys mm. somewhere. Yeah, and there's always yeah. Is yeah. that what it is? Because yeah. a lot of journos have older cars, mm. or just because we can we can easily excuse that because we don't have to drive them. 
So, is it a case of the a builder has the worst house because yeah, yeah, a little bit like that. building yeah, a little bit like that? You can't have a yeah, new car because yeah. it's a one of my mates sent me a photo the other day. We do these silly photos when we pick up old cars from yeah. weird places, and he sent me two photos of me standing next to these two old shit boxes, <laughs> and he goes. One minute you're on national TV talking about drive car of the year, next minute dot, 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 and put that photo. And, and it's just like, what a loser, you know. Um, That's yeah. great. So, so, yeah, I mean, none, not many of us own new cars, new, new cars, because it, it's it's going to sit around. Yeah, it's going to sit around and not get used, yeah. yeah, which is no good for any car. But I, I, the reason I decided to order a Land Cruiser, and I was lucky to get one because they're all so it's the last one. Well, yeah, mine's a mod- mine will be a twenty-one model. You're still in Japan, hasn't it? Oh, Japan, it's yeah. still delivering. Yeah. The three hundred is due what end of the year. end of the year. So um, the reason I bought it is because for what I do, which is you know I might on the weekend put a trailer behind it and go to Dubbo to pick up a mm. car. It doesn't really get much better than that. Yeah. It's you know it's like a limousine. You'll use it, and I'll use it for that. Yeah, and and in twenty years time. I can still have it, still doing that, and I You'll won't probably get the same money you paid for. It. Exactly <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, maybe more, yeah. and and I won't be able to buy a Land Cruiser that's like that that does yeah. what that does. You know, I said to someone the other day, it's all well and good to say that something does something on paper, and a lot of new cars are like that. So you say they tow thirty five hundred kilos, and they do this and they do that, but put weight behind them, and dual cabs are like that. They're absolutely bloody hopeless at towing heavy weight. So you put anything more than, say, two and a half tonnes on them, and they go backwards up a hill on the motorway, right? But on paper, it says it'll tow a tonne more than that. Yeah, of course. But they actually don't do it that well in the real world. And to tow something safely long distances, you want something like a 200 series, a Patrol, or a US pickup, like a Ram or a Silverado yeah. or something. They just do it effortlessly and in a stable fashion. Did you see the onslaught of utes in the last five years with Ranger and... Did I we mean, see it coming? Did you see it? I mean, Hilux is always... Like was up there. We talked about it a little bit because Hilux was always up there, but in stripped out alloy. Because I don't, I don't remember the Commodore yeah. Falcon Utes yeah. being like used by tradies. Yeah, they weren't. Not but, like that. Not not to this level. Um, I think what it was. Did we see it coming to a degree? But only because we knew that all the blokes who bought HSV and FP, where do they go? Yeah, that's right. The, the tax well, concessions. Like a Raptor that's as slow as. Yeah, but the tax concessions for buying a, okay. a dual cab that you can use for work, etc. And it's funny. I said to someone the other day, a modified dual cab is auto salon. Yeah. That's what it is now. Yeah. All the young dudes, it's, I don't, they're, they're, they're all, all jacked all up dual cabs, right? That's what they're, they're driving. My, my, my little brothers, that's what they're into. They're, all their mates have got them. My brother-in-law is only 24. He just bought a, he bought a, a Land Cruiser yeah. and he's already called... They go, I want some raised wheels yeah. for it. I'm going to yeah. jack it up. Yeah. Like, what yeah. the? So maybe that's... That is. That oh, is no. it. So I, I kind I of... I lowered my SUV. I should raise lift it up. I kind of saw it coming a little bit, but maybe not to this yeah. extent. But if you go to a V8 supercars race now, the car park is full of dual cabs. Yeah. That's all that's out there. Because that's what people out there in the heartland are driving. Wow. But the thing is, they are... They're still pretty rudimentary compromised vehicles they're not particularly oh good. no they're not comfy they're well, not particularly good uh, we, we got loaned a, a Mazda uh, BT50 and my wife hated it yeah they're not that she they're, they're very truck like I mean, they're like, very truck fun mm. 
But it made the kids hated it. I don't know. Anorak was okay. It's the most car like. Oh, Multivan was pretty good. You can't put it in the Mazda, the, the, Since they've gone into bed with the Suzu, the Mazda was a, was a good... It's a good truck. It's good. But but the thing is, I, I caution a lot of people. I say, look, unless you absolutely yeah, need one, they're not... Don't get one. They're of not a family car. No, they're not. They're but they're really becoming a default family yeah. car, and they shouldn't be. I don't think. Yeah. But it's it's like big, massive four-wheel drives. Most people don't need them, but they just buy them because they want them. We haven't seen any school mums with the X classes. <laughs> X class. They were a bit of a flop. The Mercedes vans. Yeah. That's an interesting case study, though, because everyone thought that everyone. You know, I live over in the inner west of Sydney. Everyone thought that everybody who lived there that had an AMG would rush out and buy an X class. They weren't. They kept buying Fords. Yeah, ranges. It just it, it wasn't a badge exercise. I think that truck. I call them trucks because they are trucks. Mm. They're not utes. Um, that segment is purely, to me anyway, about what they look like. It's the style yeah. thing. Mm. Um, and, yeah, that's and true. I don't think the badge makes any difference. Do you think if they dropped a G sixty three motor in it and made it look cool and did all that, it would have been, been too expensive. It would have been too Yeah, like that's the problem. It would have been too expensive. And I think that. You know, blokes like the perception. I know, I know, women buy them as well. But blokes like the perception of what that makes them look like yeah. driving a big jacked up dual cab. Yeah. You know, with all the gear on it that you've never used. One the car. On the, what's the orange thing that, to get them out of the seat? Oh, those Max tracks. Like, so in a brand new set on the roof kid, that have got no dust. There's on. a guy. There's a kid. There's a dad that picks up the kids from school, oh, and he's school. He's got all that crap on it. Never used stuff, it. Never used no. it. And he's actually got a tent. Yeah. And I said to him, I don't even know him. I thought, I've got to ask this guy. We're standing all waiting. I go, mate, what's with the tent? He goes, I go camping. I said, yeah. you leave it on there all the time? Yeah. And he goes, yes, it's, you can't go shopping. So yeah. He goes, yeah, he goes, but it just looks cool. Mm. Yeah. I'm like, right, man. <laughs> That's what it right. is. Carrying around two yeah. tons of weight on the roof racks, top <laughs> heavy. Yeah. Nice. Well, I was going to ask you, one car, money, no object. Oh, right now. It'd, a choice. Yeah, right now it'd probably be an Aventador SVJ, I yeah. think. Yeah. Are they that good? Yeah, I mean, look, I'm, I'm, bi- I'm, I'm biased because you know I'm biased because my dad's Italian. I love those cars, but for me, there's just something about them. I mean, having I'm, one of the one of the great um, privileges of what I've done and what I've been able to do is to go to the factories and see where these cars yeah. are built. To go to the Lambo factory, mm. Ferrari factory, Bentley, Aston Martin, all those. Go to inside the factory where these people are building their cars. And there's, for me, and it, I don't think it matters whether you're a Ferrari fan or a Lambo fan, there's a level of passion that the Italians mm. put into cars, whether it's the design or the execution of yeah. it. Um, and I, I think about this all the time. I, I did an event at the Riccardo Tormo circuit, which is the MotoGP circuit in Valencia, when Lambo released the Aventador S, and it had the rear wheel steering. And I said to their test driver at the end of our session, because we did our track session, their test driver leads you around to show you the lines and whatever. And I said to him, I, I cannot recall ever driving a car that powerful and that big that is that easy to drive. Uh-huh. Because it had just transformed it. You know, the, the rear wheel steering, the four wheel drive system, what they'd done to it had transformed the way you could drive it. You know, you get in a 911 and you expect it to be able to be driven that quickly on a racetrack without it trying to kill you. But things like Lambos and Ferraris were always a bit intimidating. Do you think that's Audi influence, or Italians have finally got? Look, the I tools think it's a bit of no. It. I think it's a bit of both because you've got to remember that Lambo brought the all-wheel drive system in before Audi mm-hmm. took over, true, um, fully, 
I think. Yeah, they did, because the Diablo had it before Audi had taken over. So I think they'd started to move towards it. And their philosophy from then was to say, we're, we're getting up around 700 horsepower at the we time. Need, we need to. You need all-wheel drive to harness the power. Now, Ferrari, having driven the you know F8 on a racetrack, I'm staggered by how stable that thing is being rear-wheel drive. So there are ways and means mm. of doing it. But I think, you know, if you're saying to me, one car, money, no object, you want to make a statement with it, you want to... Any aging. You want to walk yeah. into the garage and just go, shit, yeah. look at that. Yeah, yeah, for me, it's that. I mean, it's still... I know I might be biased, but I have even Ferrari fans tell me this. If you look at a line of cars, you can have a GT2 or 3 RS, you can have an Audi, Audi R8, McLarens, Ferraris. If there's a Lambo there... <sighs> Everyone's, everyone's at the Lambo. I went to Auto Italia a couple of weeks ago yeah. in Canberra. Yeah. And they, they just... They're... They just look dramatic. They're Everybody wide. looks They've got presents. They, they do have that. presents. I take yeah. up the whole lane. Yeah, it's a do. wide bloody car. They do. And they age well too. Yeah. You know, you see a Diablo yeah, now yeah. on the road, you see a Countach, you just look at it and go, shit. Well, Ferraris are just... Car. Mate, they're just changing they're really models cars out. every year they really or two. Are. They're a bit like Porsche, actually. 50 different variants of cars oh. and, you know, special editions. And different names. It's yeah. like there's no... Mm. You can't... When I was a kid, it was the Testarossa yeah, or the... Just, what else was it? Like, that was it. And, mm. and, F40. And, and why, yeah, F40. Now, moving on to Ferrari, why is Ferrari so sensitive about comparing their cars? Like, <laughs> have you guys because a car advice done or a drive done yeah, a Ferrari comparison? Yeah, yeah, Are you allowed to? Or we've done it. So we did drive car of the year. We, we put... We had our best sports cars over 100,000. We had an F8. We had a 911 Turbo S. Did you get a warning letter or anything? Or was it... Oh, look, I, I just call them out on it. You know, like Ferrari Australia has said to me, we don't like people comparing our cars because they're incomparable. I mean, it's just BS. It's rubbish. Mm. Like Lambo, their attitude, and I love their attitude. Their attitude is, and this is from Winkleman, the boss down, has said to us at all levels whenever we've spoken to them, we're happy for you to compare our cars to anything. Yeah. That's what we do. And we want to try to be better. We well, know it's good you enough. Know, yeah. you, you, I, I've got no time. That's how it all started, right? Yeah, and I've got no time. <laughs> you can't shit on my own. I've got no time for like an arrogant "we're yeah. better than everybody" yeah. kind of attitude. I'd, I'd prefer more humility and let's try to make a great car. Yeah. So I, I just think that Ferrari thing is nonsense. I mean, you know, Chris Harris in the UK got banned from driving Ferraris because he compared one. It's ridiculous. The guy's a journalist. He's doing his job. Or is that like a car myth? Did, did Ferrari? No, like... he did. No, no, they didn't let. No, him no, but not Chris. But the Ferrari like. Like not being the schoolyard bully, but you cannot drive our cars. With oh them. Like yeah, to, but I suppose it? manufacturers like that a little bit. Yeah. They do. They, in general, not just Ferrari. They like to say, you know, we only want the most experienced person or whatever. But so yeah. we'll never get a Ferrari. <laughs> oh, <laughs> they'll never give us a Ferrari to <laughs> test. What about this yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Have you ever got into a press car and there was a brown paper bag in there? No. And which company was no. it? <laughs> no. Ferrari. No. We did make a joke about. We made a joke about that on a video the other day when Toyota won a comparison. We did. I reached in and I said, "I'm just going to grab that brown paper yeah. bag." No, nah, that's nonsense. I mean, yeah. back in the seventies, maybe some of the old journos talk about it. Or the seventies and eighties. Yeah, they talk about it a bit, yeah. but no, not in not in the yeah. twenty one years or whatever it is I've been doing it. No, that's a bit of a myth. Because it's not it's not in anybody's best interest. You know, the only thing I've got is the integrity of my word. If I say something's good, it's good. If it's bad, it's bad. Um, and I and I say to people all the time, because we get comments on the website saying Toyota paid people you to win. Warrior, I say, yeah. so okay, Toyota paid to win that comparison. So Nissan who came second paid to lose. Is that what works? Because if they win another comparison, who paid who to how win you, or how lose? How do you handle the keyboard warrior? With smart ass responses. I mean, now, yeah, I was going to say. With smart yeah, ass now, now that you've gone, like, we've, we're jumping from, we started from the auto salon days. We're now on internet. <laughs> yeah. we didn't, we're running out of time. Yeah. We didn't get onto the, the internet side of things. 
But yeah, you 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 can make a comment. Yeah, straight away. Yeah, with a smart. The old day was letters to the editor, and you hope that they printed. Letters to like, the editor. Yeah, there's like five. Just get back to the when we. But that's we, we were doing between the motor and the. I don't know if you remember it when motor did the comparison of the XR6 and something, and they blew up the Ford. Yeah, I vaguely remember that. Yeah, and um, I remember Ford basically came out and said, "That's the shit happens. Mm. That's the car." Yeah, like saying so, you know. If, or don't publish it. House no, we're going to publish it because yeah. that's what happened. That's what happened. We yeah. blew it up, yeah. and, yeah. and they're yeah. actually really, thought we were really good about yeah. it. They're like, well, we the power still blew it up. It's just a shit. I, I say, I say to people all the time that if, 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 do they seriously think that my my job in journalism is as a career? That's all I've got, right? As my job in journalism. If they seriously think that I would put my name and my photo, and everyone can see who I am, <laughs> and everyone can identify me to a story. With a with a forged or formulated result because brand X paid me to win, how does that benefit anyone? Mm, like it that, it, it puts me out of a job, you know. Right. So no, that that doesn't happen. So reply with a smart ass comment. Yeah, invariably because like, that's just I'm me. Into the radio like I would tonight. I would do that. I want a smart ass response. I would do that. I would do that in person to someone, right? Like that's just how I am. That's how I was brought up. You know, if you're gonna mouth off at someone, yeah. expect yeah, someone to fire back at you. But yeah, I'll, I'll often just respond with a smart-ass response or point out the stupidity of what they're saying yeah. and ask them to explain it. And they either don't reply or say, gee, you got offended quickly. And I'll go, mate, I'm not offended. Yeah. I'm just asking you to explain yeah. your stupidity. You reply. Yeah, there exactly. Mate, thank you for coming. Yeah, mate, thanks thank for having you. me. You can come again. <laughs> so you work for a little company? You can yeah, plug, plug it company. if you want. <laughs> so our three listeners. Yeah, yeah. So nine listeners. Nine, nine listeners. Yeah. So, so I work for Car Advice Drive. We're owned by Channel 9, which is part of the Macquarie Media Network yeah. and all that stuff. So. Oh, they're for the Channel 9. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah they, so they used to work for us. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So you might have heard of Oh, Thank you for giving us your time and coming along. No pleasure. And mate, you're more than welcome to come again if you like us and if you don't. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll ring up tonight and find out. I'll be a new keyboard warrior. Yeah. So, mate, thank you very much. And um, download us, rate us, review us, send us your cars. <laughs> send us your cars to drive. <laughs> drive. Well, we've, got, we've got a few beauties. We've got a few lined up. I've got a, those that follow on Instagram. I've got a C63 Black Ooh. Series lined up. Yeah, I want to buy One of 32 car. in the country. And we've got the um, SQ, SQ8. SQ8? That's lined up. RSQ8? I said SQ8. to our listener, run it in so we can thrash the <laughs> fuck out of it. But, um, and we need, to do stat- we need to do the second one on the X5M now that it's completely full. Oh, yes. Like, yeah. um, not the BMW listening, but it's, it's another one. Yeah, yeah we yeah. broke the BMW genius a couple of weeks ago. So Poor bloke. Yeah, he didn't know what hit him. But anyway, <laughs> mate, thanks for coming Thank in. You. Thank you. And bye for now.